0: Thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast are certainly those of the authors and guests of the podcast.
1: Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Erdenberg. I'm Alex Gorley. And these are our Soberless Thoughts. That's right. Soberless
2: Thoughts. Alex <laughs> Gorley. What My up, buddy? Nothing, man. What's going on?
1: Oh, you know, just uh, fucking living the dream.
2: That dream, yeah. That dream we all have.
1: Yeah, I'm living the I'm living the Cincinnati dream. Yeah, you're living the Lexington dream.
2: That's right. You ever drink so much you wish you had a different dream?
1: <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> I've had dreams where I wished I had a different dream. Yeah, I've had dreams where I woke up and was afraid to go back to sleep because I knew as soon as I closed my eyes I was going to have that same fucking dream again.
2: Oh yeah, it's always those. It's never like the good ones where it's like you and a supermodel. You no. fall back into the, that, and then they turn into something god awful.
1: Have you tried? Have you tried to go back to the same dream? Like, please, God, put me back, put me back, put me back.
2: Oh yeah, especially when I was younger, yeah. when I having like uh, like borderline wet dreams. You're just sitting there <laughs> like, oh okay, and then you something wakes you up like, no, no, no. Let me see <laughs> if I can go back to sleep. Uh, no, just just darkness and weird thoughts <laughs> but damn it if it's not like you wake up and you're like oh god right oh i hope i don't go back to sleep and see the ghost standing above me <laughs> <laughs> in that graveyard again and then you go back to sleep ah damn it there they are
1: there they are there they are. dude <laughs> like, i woke up one time and there was it looked like it looked like a woman standing on the footboard of my bed looking down at me and dude. And I was like frozen. I couldn't move. I was like, and it was like, you remember the movie, the ring? Yeah. Where she's got like the hair hanging down over her face or whatever.
2: Of course. Iconic.
1: It was, so it was almost like that where she's just like standing there, like on her tiptoes on the, the footboard of my bed And I'm, like, looking up at her, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I got to close my eyes, like, it's not there. It's not real. It's not real. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. And I opened my eyes again. And I guess because my eyes were closed, they they finally got readjusted to the room. Yeah. And it was the fucking, uh, the window curtain things, the way that they were positioned on the wall, like, Mm. opposite of my bed. (laughs)
2: That I was oh, that is creepy.
1: I was like, oh, what the hell? So, <laughs> so I ended up like getting up and like moving those curtains around so they didn't look like that anymore.
2: Yeah. Little did you know <laughs> that girl escaped a basement somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. She really just ran out of the room real quick when I had my eyes closed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope not. I hope yeah. not. <laughs> Alright, so uh, tonight we are drinking uh, Bourbon and Coke, right?
2: Bourbon and Coke We're keeping it simple tonight
1: Yeah Uh, I have what was left
2: of my rebel yell And I'm drinking uh, bullet bourbon Which is, uh, you know Everyday uh, 80 proof bourbon uh, With a little bit of Coke My Coke is You know what's funny? So I kind of quit drinking sodas Yeah And um I, I did it in steps because I was, like, addicted to soda. Yeah. Like, I was, like, when I was younger, I I chugged Coca-Cola like it was nobody's business. Like, it would be nothing for me when I was, like, in high school just to, like, kill a 12-pack in, like, a weekend. Oh, I believe and it. I
1: hey, Dude, you've I, been caffeine-free for a long time, haven't you?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh. Well, it's funny. Is I even I remember this so vividly. One of my friends' parents. I guess I stayed the night or like weekend over at their house, and I remember I was just like chugging cokes throughout the day, and they're like, and they're like, "Man, I'm worried about you." I was like, "Why?" And they're like, "You drink a lot of coke, man." And like the dad goes, "Shit, I'm not worried about you, man. When you go to college, you're gonna chug beer." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: he was right. Um, yeah, I I don't know what it was, man. When I got to like 25, twenty five, twenty. Seven, somewhere along there, caffeine just started of hitting me harder. I swear it was like this medicine I was taking. I was, uh, this doctor prescribed me. Now, granted, I went to a doctor whose medium age of patient was like 80, yeah. and I was the youngest by like 40 years. And I got on this medicine, and they, uh, they basically like it was like heartburn medicine, and I started getting on it, and all of a sudden, I started getting like really like anxious and really jittery when i drink caffeine and i went to the doctor and that doctor was like super dry yeah but he still tried to be funny and uh i went in there one day i was like hey i've noticed since i've been taking this medicine every time i drink caffeine i get jittery i don't know why i um and he just looked at me and he goes we'll stop drinking caffeine (laughs) i was like okay Should I, I don't know, try different medicine or, you know, but that's all medicine is anyway. It's, you know, weighing out the good things with the bad things. Right. Um, So, yeah, I did what he said because he's a doctor and I just started stop drinking caffeine and uh, dude. Haven't turned back. Really, dude.
1: Uh, Doctor, specifically doctors killing patients is the number two. Most common death in the United States.
2: Well yeah. Yeah.
1: Number one Uh, is COVID. But number two is doctors killing (laughs) other patients. There's killing their patients by malpractice, uh giving them the wrong medications, doing shit like that, guy like oh just just quit taking caffeine and uh, then we're gonna double your dose.
2: I was gonna say, I wouldn't just say doctors I'd say hospitals. Yeah, oh yeah, I've hospitals some, for sure. I've I've known some people in the administrative and they're like, yeah, you know, most people think diseases and stuff kill patients in hospitals. You're like, you'd be surprised how many times it's doctors, you know. Yeah. Sur- in surgeries, they slip up, something happens. They are oh, yeah. human. Uh the the mistaken um dosage, nurses, doctors. Yeah. Uh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. one little sl- one little uh you know, if it's point zero zero percent of some medicine and they missed one zero and they give you twice as much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy.
1: Yeah. One of my best friends, uh, he probably would have been my best man at my wedding. Uh, he went to, he had cancer, went to, and, uh, earlier in his life, he had donated one of his kidneys to his, to a relative of his. And, uh, and because he only had one kidney, there were certain medications that he couldn't take for his cancer. And he he was always adamant about that when he had, whenever he'd go into the hospital. Well, apparently they just forgot one time when he was in there, gave him that medication, completely wiped out his other kidney, mm. and then they put him on dialysis. And within a couple of weeks, he was gone.
2: Yeah. Hospitals,
1: man can't yeah. trust them uh, they just, make mistakes just stay like, out of there just stay out of the hospitals everybody yeah. go see a shaman when you get sick <laughs> is that what you do yeah that's yeah. my that's my medical advice. you got a guy yeah i got guy. i know a guy i know a guy <laughs> yeah
2: just go up in the hills <laughs> go to the highest peak <laughs> That's right. He'll be the he'll be the guy with like four dead chickens laying around him. You'll know him. You'll you'll definitely recognize him when you yeah. see him. Yeah, walk sure. through the homeless camp. He'll be at the end of it. He'll be like, he'll be like are you Mike's <laughs>
1: shaman? And be like, yes, that's me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's not afraid to admit it either. He'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> so oh, uh man. tonight we're talking
2: about uh bank robberies. Is that what you want to talk about, tonight, Alex? I wanted to talk about so i've been on a kick i I, like i might start having a a problem i've been like playing poker online and stuff like that yeah and it it took me into the world of like uh strategy and gameplay for poker and then i started looking at other games and as youtube does it sort of recommended me all these other things and a lot of them was uh famous cheats of las vegas and people that have scammed or won or done these things that have. And some of these, I would actually, even after us talking about it, uh, go look it up. Some of these are super interesting. And it's like one of those, it's a moral ethics thing on some of these where you're like, is it cheating? Is it cheating or is it just they have an edge? You know what I'm saying?
1: So you're talking about robbing a casino, not a bank. Yes. Because I was excited about robbing a bank for some reason.
2: I feel like robbing a bank. We're going to have to cuz I was looking up that too cuz I was actually trying to find uh uh top drunkest bank robbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, yeah. and it just kept popping me up to the top 10 best bank robbers, so I guess and uh, they all drank. Yeah. Which a lot of the, some of these people that are on this uh list that I got um you know they they indulge it's Vegas. You're going to indulge in the oh, lifestyle. You have to. You have to. Yeah.
1: Hey, dude, have you ever
2: planned a bank robbery? Like, just, <laughs> like mentally? I know you've never
1: gone through with one, but have you yeah, ever planned it? was just
2: it? funny how you said the, hey, hey, hold on one second. Hey, guys, you got that? Okay, hold on one second. Let me ask him. Hey, have you ever planned and thought out and like wrote out the plans and kept them underneath your bed or anything? Just anything like that. You got a safe anywhere? You dug a hole with a mayonnaise jar full of millions? Uh, it's just me and you on here, I promise. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've I've never like I've never actually planned one out I guess but yeah. I just I like if I even if I go to like a casino I always just like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing I know but I have seen a lot of you know robbery movies and I'm yeah. always like looking around and I'm just curious I'm like okay they have all these cameras there's these people like I'm kind of casing the joint Oh yeah. Is, sure. And then I just I just kind of look around and I just kind of like see if I could it it's not like if I would do it it's more like can I find the faults in the system where someone <laughs> could exploit it.
1: That's what I do every time I watch a heist movie. <laughs> yeah, right. I fucking Anywhere. analyze it. Like like ah yeah. they fucked that up? Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Dude, I actually have a whole subcategory on my computer of all heist movies. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and I just go through them every once in a while. One of my favorites is The Town. Have you seen that one?
2: Oh, dude, I just watched that the other day. I made Cassie watch it with me. Yeah,
1: it's a good-ass movie. But they fuck shit yeah. up, too. like it's, Oh. Yeah. Dude, uh, so I so I dated this girl. A quick story before we get into your uh, casino stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she was a bank teller and like her and i relationship was like definitely about to end cuz i couldn't stand her anymore yeah and uh <laughs> and i was and i sat i would say at least half a dozen times in the parking lot of her bank thinking i could just walk in this motherfucker right now and just rob the shit out of it i know yeah. everything <laughs> i know everything about this bank Like from just her talking to me for like the last six months about shit. Like I know, I know that the fucking manager doesn't come in at a certain time. I know she's in there all by herself. I know that she said multiple times that if anybody ever came in to rob the bank, she'd just give them whatever because it's all covered by insurance. And I'm like, (laughs) like the only thing holding me back is she would 1000% recognize me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know shit. Yeah. You would go to jail immediately. They'd be at your house before you even got home right? um, and took off the Richard Nixon mask. uh, (laughs) So then
1: I start looking around the parking lot like, who can I get to go in there for me?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I will say that mindset is like one step away. I feel like every real life uh, bank robbery story starts off with that mindset, and then it's just one person going, let's do it. Fuck it. Let's like, just go do it. Had somebody usually,
1: came up to my car at that moment <laughs> and been like, yeah. hey, buddy, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I'm thinking about robbing this bank. And they're like, I'm down. I'd have been like, fuck. All right. Let's do this. Yeah. Here's what you're going to do. And then <laughs> X, Y, Z and get this motherfucker. Done. So listen, listen. So her and I end up breaking up, right? Yeah. Like three months later, may, I might not even have been that much longer after that. A mutual friend of ours on Facebook hits me up and is like, hey, you know, so-and-so's bank just got robbed.
0: I was oh, like, shit. somebody fucking beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, God <laughs> damn it. Yeah.
1: Apparently, she was fine. You know, they yeah. didn't shoot her, so they didn't well, follow good. that part of the plan. But
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been after. Uh, <laughs> Now um see I could, but I feel like every movie it starts off with like someone that had figured out a fault in the system and then the the other guy you know the the go the go getter who usually has nothing to lose is like yes we yeah. shall do this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the percentage off the end because it's like .000 of a penny, and we'll just you know round that off, and then we'll just throw it into a separate account, and then we'll get the money later. That's, you know, that's right. office space. That's office yeah. space, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, you know, I was like, am I going to keep this going? Okay. Uh, <laughs> see, I will say the, the littlest bit of actually that of me doing anything like that uh and i've got to give it back to when i used to serve because servers run scams on tables all the time really I and didn't and some notice. oh dude some of them are so good it blows your mind uh and i've seen don't get me wrong i never really do it because i was always afraid i'd get fired but i've seen people do it and watch them do it um uh, some of my favorite ones was I worked at a, a, I worked at a Ruby Tuesdays, Yeah. and it's no longer around anymore. Um, uh, so actually, side note, real quick, how's your bourbon and Coke? I forgot we never really tried it, dude. It's delicious, man. I love I love this Rebel Yell.
1: I finished it off. This is the last of my bottle, yeah. and uh, I'm drinking a Coke Zero with it because See, I'm, I'm
2: drinking a am
1: supposed to still be on the uh the no carb diet thing
2: yeah uh mine i got regular coke but caffeine free it tastes like bourbon syrup really well because i haven't drank a coke in years um But I love it. It smelled great though. It does taste good though. It's so good. All right. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh we don't really have to rate it. This is so basic, but if you want to, uh Oh dude. I I love I I like bourbon and coke. They're like an eight for me. Oh yeah. I I just give it a solid eight. A solid eight on my bourbon and coke. Yep. Um but so uh so I worked at Ruby Douze, right? And we had a salad bar. Now, it was an endless salad bar, so you could go as many times as you want. So they can't keep inventory on the food, okay? Yeah. So what would happen was you would get people come in and just go, I want a water and a salad bar. Or someone else would go, I want a Coke and a salad bar. So what you would do is you would have these tables, and you would print their checkout. Well, you would keep that receipt, the itemized receipt, without payment on it later on in the day or later on in the week someone would come in and order the exact same combo could be and i've seen people with books where there would be one to four people per table and there'd be like every combination of like water and salad bar coke and salad bar whatever whatever anything you don't actually have to physically ring into the computer so what would happen is the server would come and lay down the check that say two people got two salad bars and two waters. Something easy. They yeah. give them the check that they printed out before from a different table hoping that that table gives them cash. If they give them cash, well, then they take the cash, give them change, and they leave a tip and they don't ever ring anything in the computer. So instead of getting like a $5 tip, well, they just got a like... I think it was like seven ninety nine, So it was like... <laughs> uh you know like eight bucks, yeah, so eight bucks per one, so you know nine <laughs> um now that'd be sixteen plus five dollar tips so twenty one so you got a twenty one dollar tip you do that throughout the night, shit, you're walking home with like a hundred bucks from just that on top of all your tips you've made, which could be also a hundred, so you're walking home with like two three hundred bucks, also tax free all right so but there have been people that have like managers caught on because a lot of time managers are were servers and the shady thing is some of them were really shady shirt servers that would do that shit and when they became managers they would shut that shit down <laughs> um, so it, it was called golden ticketing is what it was and it was a big issue So if you ever go to Ruby Tuesdays and you're worried about that, just look at the date and the time. And if it doesn't match up, then you're getting golded ticketing.
1: Dude. I don't think they exist anymore. Do they?
2: No, they do. There's one. uh, Yeah. uh, There's actually one around where you live and there's one like 30 minutes away. Um, a little bit further up, but yeah, they're kind of slowing down, but that's just one of the many things. So uh, you just even... gotta
1: check the date on your on your check.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, there was another one too. This was like a mastermind. This guy made thousands of dollars. Where, um, see, what, so he found out there was a flaw in Visa gift cards, and what happens is, like, you get a Visa gift card from like Kroger yeah and it, it I think it was only Mastercards. it was one or the other I can't remember what it was but what he found out was like you could preload it with let's say a hundred bucks right and that person comes in spends most of it and they leave the rest as a tip okay because you can spend it like a credit card but then they leave the card this one guy figured out that you can put in more money in the tip than what is actually on the card And Visa and MasterCard actually have to pay it because it got charged to it. It's like a credit.
0: Oh, shit. And this guy,
2: I don't know how he figured it out, but he did it for uh, probably like a couple months before. The first
1: time was probably on accident. He put the wrong number and then it actually went through and he's like oh fuck
2: yeah but it was like this it was weird because it was like this specialty one and he knew what it was and it was yeah he tripped over it found out probably and then like my gm fired him over it and was like you know we should sue him over this but we just you know it's not enough money to give a shit about and all this but he probably made out with I think he said like maybe like five to ten thousand dollars. Why would the restaurant sue him? They weren't out of any money. Uh, because I think the Visa Mastercard was coming down on the restaurant. Like it was like it's like a tier system. It was like, but that was it. It was like who, like they had to fire him, but like who's responsible for recouping the money? Right. And it was like he was under the the restaurant's management, so it was like in their eyes you know they ran the the transaction but then the restaurant was like we're gonna get our money back from you because we might have to pay it back to Visa and then that whole thing right which they might have they might not have I don't know how that ended up I just know he got fired and that was the scam he was running uh, and actually his mentor did a scam where he also made
1: <laughs> his mentor. and I'm in that too his
2: mentor dude this guy had three jobs, and the other guy that did the scam had like three jobs, and they both were servers, and they both had a couple other jobs at the same other places. Uh, they just—they, I don't know how they operated. These guys were money hungry. They—they they slept like three hours a night. It was crazy. Uh, but one of them, like They're we did this
1: hustling, man, hustling,
2: Dude. like no joke, hustle, uh. This one did this thing where we had, like, at this restaurant I worked at, we we had this thing where we'd give a card to a table. And the thing was they had to take the card, and they, brought, they took it, and they brought it back, right? It was, like, for, like, New Year's or something like that. And when they brought it back, you would open it at the table. And then when we'd open it all together with the server, it would tell you if you got, like, a free appetizer, free dessert, if you got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% off. Well, when we were giving these things out, we figured out very quickly that in these boxes, they didn't like shuffle them up. So you would have a box of nothing but 10% off, and you have another box of nothing but 40% off. Well, let me tell you, we found the ones that was nothing but 50% off. <laughs> Every server, including me, I held on to a bunch. Uh, I never actually like scammed the system. But I used them for different reasons, and I'll tell you what I did with them. Uh, but this guy, every time he had a cash table, he they pay in cash. He'd take it. He'd open up a fifty percent off, and then you had to get a manager to approve it, and then he'd approve it, scan it, and blah blah blah. Well, he did that for a couple months. So every and this was not a low end place. So like every check was like fifty, fifty to a hundred bucks. So right. he's pocketing fifty percent of that every so yeah every night he's going home with like four or five hundred dollars and the man worked a lot so <laughs> you can guess he's making like three grand a week right. for uh, you know so that means you know three six nine twelve twelve grand a month he did it for two months before he got caught uh, and the best part is when the manager who was my like I consider it as friends back then it was actually one of my favorite GM's he told me he goes dude can you believe this fucking guy I went up to him and was like, "Hey man, I've noticed every cash uh, check you have has a fifty percent on it." And he he said the guy just went, "Yeah, of course it does." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "You all gave us these to give to people. Why wouldn't I use them?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and, the, and the guy was, and the GM was like, "I have to fire you. There's no way you're not playing fair." But that is, but that's one of the quandaries. Is it fair to do that? I mean, if the GM gives them out and
1: is like, here, these are for you to use. I feel yeah. like at that point it's fair game.
2: If if yeah.
1: they're if they're not setting the rules in advance, you got to set yeah. the rules in advance.
2: I mean, that's true. You can't I mean, I come know in was...
1: halfway through the game and change the rules on me, baby.
2: <laughs> that was uh but that was one of those things that after he did that i remember that gm left a new one came up he like literally that guy found the 50 percent one and threw them all in the trash <laughs> like no one from our restaurant when we all worked there got 50 percent off because he threw them all away uh, and it was uh and i'm pretty sure we had these gold ones too that means like you get the whole meal comped and he just like this this GM was shady. He took them all and gave them to his friends.
1: Oh, yeah. He probably did Ugh. the same thing with the 50%ers. He grabbed those out of the garbage later on and gave all those away, oh, too.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've heard of him giving, like, shit like that out to, like, cable guys. Just anyone that could hook he could hook up that would hook him back up. He goes, here, 50% off.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, so Give
1: and take, I will, man.
2: I will tell you, I had a stack of 50%, and what I would do is if someone would – Uh, I don't know be a pain in my ass or a complete dickhead or something and instead of going to the manager and going like these these people hate my guts and they want to punch me in the face will you give them stuff for free I would go hey I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to give you 50% off your meal this evening and that way I'm sorry that whatever happened between us this will be okay Oh, yeah. So I use it as like to like smooth out the edges, All right? As and the funny thing is the the manager did that. They're like, are they being shitty? I'm like, yeah, because the manager always has my back. <laughs> I don't know why. Like customers, are like I'm gonna get you fired. I'm like, okay, All right. All <laughs> uh, right. Good luck with that. You're the tenth one tonight. Um, I've but, had yeah. people
1: tell me that at my job, like, like wait till i make a phone call this is the last day you're working for this company and then i'm i just laugh like okay buddy yeah actually i'm gonna call them right now
2: myself and tell them how much of a jerk you are yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh i had i had one lady uh she said i took her parking spot in the in the uh parking lot one time and here's what happened all right me and her both. In, uh, first of all, I entered the parking lane first. Hold on, and then, hold on.
1: this is where you're a waiter at.
2: Yeah, and then you
1: got their table.
2: <laughs> huh? No, no, no. In the parking lot. Oh, okay. So you so weren't like,
1: you weren't a wait, you weren't a waiter at that time.
2: I well, I was a server. All right, it the place I served at was had a big parking lot shared with different buildings and different yeah. like. Uh, you know businesses and stuff like that well i thought you were going
1: to say that you stole this lady's parking spot went inside then she followed you inside then you got her table to serve
2: (laughs) no uh it it wasn't that great i wish it was uh no it was uh basically i pulled in this parking lane i'm driving down it and i see her turn in and this car you know like when a car parks like pull straight out they can either pull back up towards you or pull up towards the other person yeah. and if they pull up towards you that means you're going to get the spot right. well i was already sitting there and i already had my turn signal on and this person pours up towards me and i whip in there and then like she's pissed and then she um she, she like i'm like i get out and i lock my door and i'm walking into work and she goes hey that was my parking spot and i said no it wasn't <laughs> and she goes, Yes, it was. I was like, I was there before you. And she goes, No, you weren't. And is like screaming at me. And then I just get stupid hyped. I start jumping like, Yes, it was. Like kind of like that. <laughs> That's like way too into it. And obviously I won because I'm fucking parked there and I'm walking away at this point. All right. Right. Well, she sees where I go into and she's so mad. She couldn't let it go. I got Karen is what happened, to be honest with you. But the best part is I walk into the restaurant. I walk into the back and I start making fun of this lady who just flipped her shit on me. I was like, yeah, there's this crazy bitch in the parking lot screaming at me thinking that parking spot was hers. It was mine. I was like, I was there five minutes before she was. Like, Even the manager was there and I have him dying laughing. Then the phone rings, right? And then I he walks into this office and I follow him because I'm like, I bet you that's her. And then he picks up and he's like, uh-huh. Yes, of course. And he looks over at me. I'm like, yep, that's her. And he goes, oh, ma'am. No, he was like, you don't need to call corporate. I'll take care of it right here, all this stuff like that. And then he starts smiling. He's just like, yeah, he's like making little hand signals like this. He's just like which I kind of forget. We're talking here. He's making the jerk off symbol. He's just like, (laughs) yeah, I don't give a shit. Yes, ma'am. Of course, I'll take care of his. No, I will make sure he knows everything and he hangs up the phone. He goes, I guess that's that crazy lady. You just met in the parking lot. I was like, yep. (laughs) He's like, yeah, how about you just not do that shit anymore? I was like, okay, I will try not to beat people to parking spots that were mine. He goes, yep. So there's our talk. (laughs) I was like, cool, and we hived fived and I walked out. Oh yeah, yeah, and she's probably like thinking, like, I got him in trouble. Oh <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, she's like,
1: oh, he's probably fired. I probably yeah. go out there ten minutes from now, and that spot will yeah. be open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. send his I'm ass go, home.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go to the Waffle House and buy everybody waffles. That's how fucking great I feel tonight. Shit,
1: dude. Speaking of Karens, I just saw this video on Facebook of this lady took a. Have you did you see this video? She took a tape measure and was like trying to tape measure people out on like a beach or something like you're not <laughs> six feet. You're not six feet away. Total strangers. Total
2: strangers.
1: And they're fucking that. That,
2: that has got to be a gag. There's her, no way that no, dude.
1: She was losing her fucking mind. And her yeah. husband had to come pull her away. And the guy or the lady who she's doing it to is, like, recording the whole thing. And yeah. it, and this chick's husband, like, literally has to, like, pick her up and carry her away. And she's, like, screaming, screaming at these people. Like, you're
0: the reason why all this is happening and all this <laughs> other
1: shit, like, yeah, while carrying around a tape measure. Fucking... It, it-
2: People are nuts, dude. Dude, right now I've seen a couple of those. I saw one lady. I guess wherever this lady was at, they did the face mask rule, and that you can refuse service. And she was re- she was the one recording. That's the best part. Everyone around them has a face mask on, and they're going, "Ma'am, uh, it says on the door." No shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. You have to leave. And she's like, you can't tell me that. That's it gets my rights. And she's like, I'm gonna stand right here till the cops come. And they're like, okay, but could you leave? And then like, as she's screaming, then she starts screaming at everyone wearing masks, calling them Nazis at <laughs> complete strangers. And then everyone that walks by her wearing a mask just starts flipping her off. It was kind of beautiful, to be honest with it, because it was just like, just everyone in. in of course, it was in a liquor store. So everyone walking by this woman who has a mask on is like, she's calling him a Nazi. Then they flip him off. Then the next person walks by. Same thing happens. And then she flips him off. I'm like, she got flipped off for like 10 people. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's screaming about all that. And I'm like, you do realize business kids refuse you service no matter what. Like, that was the crazy shit.
1: I don't think businesses can refuse you service no matter what. Like if you walk into a place and you're white and they say we only serve Latinos
2: Uh there might well, be a
1: law against that.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> there's certain ones, yeah. Well it's the same thing with like renting and selling houses. Like you can't do it like you can't refuse someone service from uh race, sex, religion, uh age it's something else are you
1: sure not age because i know if you're not 21 you can't go in the bar
2: i mean that's true yeah i I guess there is age restrictions i know with um i think that's more or less to protect older people because like to rent or buy a house you got to at least be 18 but they can't discriminate between 18 and anything else
1: oh right so if you're 85 like well we can't give you a
2: 30-year loan well, it's it, well. That's the bank. That's not them. But if they go, you can't live in this apartment. And they go, why? And the, because you're 80, then that would be illegal. But I will say, Can I you got refused. Smell refu- like fish. Yeah, because you smell like <laughs> fish oil and Bengay. Um, was it? I got. Re- I got, a, me and some guys got refused out of an apartment one time.
0: Because <laughs> you smell like Bengay and fish oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man (laughs) oh shit! i
2: I will say me and some guys got refused out of apartment one time they were like but they did it smooth because i got to give them that because they didn't say anything illegal they go are you all in college and i go yes and they go well we don't we don't rent to college kids and then hung up the phone and later i was like i thought that was illegal and they're like no they said college kids and it was like technically if they ask that question you're 80 and they you said yeah i'm in college they could still do it but they know that most college kids as an average is between 18 and 25 yeah and we were we were going to tear up the house oh, we all yeah, knew for sure. like both oh, yeah. both parties were aware we knew what was going to go down yeah uh we just didn't like being told no.
1: That's why they don't rent cars to kids that are 25 or less. Yeah, no shit. They don't, you know, that kind of shit. You got to You gotta have some kind of age restriction on stuff like that. For sure. Dude, let's get in to this uh, casino shit because we have yet to do
2: that. <laughs> I, th- I think we've just missed each other and we've just been chatting <laughs> is has happened. <laughs> i miss your face i'll miss, miss your musk uh, well actually we'll start off with this guy because i don't think anything he did was that ingenious to okay. be honest with you and yeah. we'll talk about a couple ones so there was a guy named anthony carl okay uh, so this is what this guy did uh he had uh, a gambling addiction as probably a lot of people do in vegas
1: yeah that's and, the place to be yeah
2: pretty much uh, in the I think it was like late 90s early thousands he would um, this wasn't a ingenious idea by any means but this is what he did uh, he went into a casino he drove up to it riding his motorcycle he got out with his face like his helmet still on and a like a onesie or uh, whatever that is a hoodie and uh, no, like the the one piece, like I wore a oh, mechanic overalls. suit, overalls basically, yeah. and like gloves and a gun, and he Cover ran alls. up to, yeah, coveralls, and he ran up to a, in a casino, and he basically pulled a gun, told him to give him all the money, and the casino employees are uh, trained to not go after the guy. With the money, if he has a gun, even the security guards are like, "Just let him have it," because if he leaves the casino, then it's the police's fault and they'll catch him. Uh, as long as it's not a threat to your life, kind of thing. So he rolled up in there, pulled a gun out, got the money, jumped on his motorcycle, drove away. He drove away with fifty thousand dollars, and because Jackpot. back then the uh, the video was so like sketchy and pixelated and stuff like that, and there was no identifying marks, and they couldn't catch him because he was gone so quick on a motorcycle, he never got caught. Okay? Well, he – now, I'll give you the full story. He frequented a casino, and that was part of it, is he would kind of case the joint. He would check it out. Uh, he knew where like all the security guards were, all this and that, where the cage was, where to go get the money, and he went into one and he made the mistake actually telling a dealer he was like, man, I'd love to get me, uh, he's like, I'd love to rob this place, like jokingly, I guess, um, which I always think is weird when you like when you see the real life, like they went in there and said it to a complete stranger that worked there, thinking they're friends. I'm like. The ego, like like the ego on these guys. Well, I mean, that makes me think that was it really this guy or was it just this guy just talking shit? I mean, it could have been the fall guy. You never know. Yeah. Because
1: if you're staking out a place that you're going to rob, you don't go in and tell them you're going to rob the place.
2: Yeah. Well, apparently he frequent there. That's probably part of the reason he... Was having gambling issues as uh, he got he sat down like two days before he robbed this place and got to know the dealer and kind of made a joke and he goes yeah I'd love to get me my uh, gets get my hands on some of those cranberries and he said cranberries and there were like chips that were worth twenty five thousand dollars and they were red well so he went in he must have, two have been really l- drunk.
1: He he was probably
2: dude. Dude,
1: He was sitting there fucking gambling, and (laughs) and in Vegas they just give you drinks if you're gambling.
2: Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So he
1: got fucked up, is what happened. Yeah. He got smash burgered, and then they're like, they're like, he's he's like, oh, oh, yeah.
0: (laughs)
2: that's what happened man he uh i you know i could probably put money on that one for sure (laughs) but uh so two days later he did the same gag he he ran like he did like he just runs in there with a gun his helmet on and then runs up to the the exact same casino no, no, a different one. Oh. Okay. The a different one that he cased out, the one he actually been going to, which was a little bit of a bigger casino. The first one was like a smaller casino. Well, he uh he ran in there, got he started to go to the cage. Well the thing is the cages, you know, where you like go cash out, if you ever notice in casinos, are in the back. Right. Or in yeah. like in the middle. And I actually tell you why they it's there because one of these cases is the reason it's located there. Um so he started to go to the back he noticed there was more security guards than normal so he took a left and went to the high stakes uh craps table and just ran over and just started grabbing like put a gun in everyone's face and grabbed as many uh chips as he could and he and i think this was actually at the uh the bellagio So he ran into the Blasio and grabbed all these high stakes and he tried to grab more 5,000, but he ended up grabbing a crap ton of 25,000. And that time he grabbed around $1.5 million from a crap stable, worth worth the chips. He put them all in a bag. He actually got like, he ran out, jumped on his bike and there was a police chase, but because he was on a motorcycle. Uh as he even said he was going about 115 125 and lost the cops. Dang. Right. And so now he uh they actually started to investigate it and they talked to that dealer and the dealer said he had someone talking about robbing it. Well, it was actually the guy but they did like a background check and he was like a wholesome guy that went to like the university of Las Vegas for like medical school and all this stuff like that. But he got really big into gambling and then they uh, basically talked to somebody that was talking saying that he got like in a car accident and got really bad into pills. So I'm like, all right, so now he's a pill popping gambling addict. Yeah. Um, but they were trying to say like, is that the truth? Is, is this guy really him? Or is that less like we're on the wrong person? Well, uh, he basically um, started going in there and using the smaller denominations like the fi- like the uh $5,000 or $1,000 because he went in there so frequently that it wasn't weird for him to be in there spending 1 to $5,000. Well, they started noticing he would cash out more than he won. Um because they were like keeping track of that,
1: <laughs> right? So, like, so he then won. That, he won seven thousand dollars, and he would go cash out twenty.
2: Yes, basically. <laughs> uh, but the problem was, he's also a gambling addict, so he was like losing. He said, even self admittedly, he lost uh, about a hundred thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand dollars in like the next couple of weeks. Well, here's the big issue: after he stole all those twenty five thousand dollar chips, Bellagio discontinued them. <laughs> and said, if you have them, you need to bring them in and cash them in because we're no longer going to use them. So he had a million dollars worth of $25,000 chips that he could not use. Uh, oh, and the way he – and yeah. And part of the way he got caught was he was going on gambling websites and trying to like sell these things and do this and that. And he actually like put a post online that said – uh, and had two of those $25,000, like, hey, best of luck to everyone from the biker bandit. <laughs> <laughs> and once that went out there, it was just like one thing after another. Yeah. Uh, they finally caught up with him, got the chips, got him. Um, At that point, he's like, I am who I am. Come get me. Basically. Yeah. But a lot, uh, some of these are like that. You're like, what the shit? Uh, but. The whole reason all the uh, the cages in, in uh, Vegas are in the back, so it was in the, uh, I think it was the 90s, that basically what happened was there was a casino that had the cages in the front where you could cash out, and four guys pulled up into a van, ran in there, and jumped in between the bars of The cage. Now it's because the bottom of like the desk, and there was enough space between that and where the bars started. Yeah. If you ever been to a casino, well, two of them were small enough they could just jump and slide in there because it was like fifteen inches or something, and they slid in there with like shotguns, went in, robbed the place, slid back through, got in, got out, never got caught. They stole forty thousand dollars. Oh shit. And uh, it actually wasn't for maybe like a month later in LA there was cops that were serving warrants in this crime-ridden area that was known for gang affiliations and the cops are doing this and that then all of a sudden a bag fell out of a house that had all the rappers because all the bands of money that all had the Aladdin, I think it was the Aladdin Casino, uh, written on it so at Aladdin Casino, $5,000 but it was just the bands, not the money and they're like, oh shit this is gang-affiliated how does a bag just fall up out of a house? Someone's getting rid of evidence. is what it is, <laughs> they just threw and the, the, the cops fucking said, "window." <laughs> yeah, that was the best part. It was like, it was like they even said like it, it almost basically just fell in our lap, and so then they got, then they contacted uh, the game, the Nevada Gaming. Uh, Association whatever it's called and because it crossed state lines and they got the FBI involved So now they're trying to figure out uh, What's going on well, you know, maybe like a month or two went by well guess what another casino Got hit these guys rolled up in there slid underneath the bars robbed the place bounced out now they did it one more time and this time they actually Um, they jumped in a stolen van, drove out, and what they would do is they would run in there, get the money, jump in the stolen van, drive to a parking lot that had another van. They'd all jump in that van and drive away and go back to Las Vegas or uh, back to, yeah, or uh, Los Angeles. Right. So a cop just happened to be in the parking lot when they did that and then started chasing them, and then they got caught. And it ended up being they didn't four see the teen- fucking
1: cops sitting in the parking lot?
2: Well, I guess they just rolled up on them. Or uh. something just looks... But apparently, it it was four teenagers, like four underagers, uh, oh my that God. did it. So then they realized that n- these four kids, there's no way they could have planned this out. And they were all gang-affiliated, and it turns out there was like two masterminds that were behind it and uh they uh it's actually a kind of good story I, I actually did not write these guys names down and i'm sorry about that i just realized that as i was telling the story this is one of those i kind of put off to the side but um uh, this part is actually neat it was uh so there's one was guy one of was them
1: f- kevin spacey
2: <laughs> 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 he who must not be named uh now Actually, well, it was one dude that was. I think he was from the Crips, and his, I think his sister, was dating a guy from the Bloods, and in a, in a weird sense of unity, these two guys got together, and one guy had the plan, and one guy had the muscle, and they both initiated this these robberies. Oh wow! So, from Los Angeles, these two guys would send these kids down and give them, like, stolen vans and set it all up. The two guys would go down there with them in a separate car and, like, just kind of sit back and watch this unfold and make sure, you know, they don't take off with the money or anything like that. And then they would drive back to Los Angeles. And it was also saying that they would use young kids because, one, uh, young kids don't use – they don't do as much time uh, if they don't get, if they don't get caught or anything like that, um, they are also, I guess, easier, I guess, manipulate, you know, oh, they're yeah, willing to sure. do whatever. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just not as smart as someone who's been around the block a couple times and they're trying to prove themselves. Uh, but the, uh, FBI and they're smaller
1: catch- to fit underneath the fucking cage.
2: Yeah, man. So yeah. these two older guys were just like making money. Uh, but they ended up catching the kids. I think, you know one of them ended up flipping, and they kind of put this thing together the The two guys end up spending uh, i think like twenty years in jail or some crazy shit like that uh for sending these kids on there to rob all these casinos oh, yeah. but because of their actions, because they would only hit casinos where the cages were closest to the door, yeah, now all casinos put the cages in the very back, so you have to walk through the whole casino, yeah single-handedly because of these guys uh, they also them. they also doubled down on security and videotapes because of these guys because they were worried that it was going to deter tourism oh yeah like if you go there and you feel unsafe because someone just put a you know sawed off shotgun to your face right like it's going to deter you from going there so that was the more like intense robbery versions um, just the whole like you know B and E. uh, You have a good like Ocean's Eleven heist story. I don't not so much heist, but I've got people that have kind of ran the game on them. Yeah. Um, I've got one guy who I I watched this thing and I was kind of in awe of his like ingenuity, but the simplicity of his ingenuity was what it was. So it's a guy named Tommy Glenn Carmichael. Yeah. Super kind of famous in Vegas. uh, He had a Tony C, now a Tommy C. There is a book, uh, the secretive book, that has a name of all the cheaters in Las Vegas. And I'm pretty sure this guy's at the top of the list. So what happened is, in the 1980s, a buddy of his was telling him, hey, I've got a way to cheat slot machines. Oh, okay. And what it is... Is the coin dispenser Uh, basically what you do is you take like two wires and you stick them underneath like where the thing comes down like the coins come down and you kind of move them in a way and it tricks the machine into thinking that you've won but you really have it and so it just literally just lets loose the coins and it was called like hot boxing the slot machines. So yeah. in like the 80s, he just did that. So he'd go in and start doing it. You know, he said he would make, you know, like maybe a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. He was doing like nickels, quarters, those kind of things in the 80s. Uh, he did get caught uh, the first time. Uh, went to jail. Actually got met up with some like-minded people uh, in jail. <laughs> while he was in jail. In jail. Yeah. Uh, because that's the way it works. I mean there's uh,
1: nothing else to do while you're in jail than to mingle or not mingle, what's it called? Uh uh like
0: uh, uh, show each word? other your
1: notes. No, yeah. what's the word? It's uh when business people all get together with Have one. a each meeting? Other. No. When they a all conference. Get, yeah. At the
2: conference. A workshop. A workshop.
1: No, that's not it either. Oh well, I'll think of it.
0: <laughs> Uh, but yeah
2: Ah, yeah right so he met up with the guy um and you know they got a jail and the first time he did you know it seems like the first time you get caught you don't do that much jail time but if you get caught again it's real bad well so once they got out of jail um they both were trying to find legit jobs wasn't working uh they decided they wanted to buy uh, a slot machine and they noticed because by this time the slot machines were changing because of this little hot wire thing of how things go. Um, uh, uh, Basically just trying to be on it to quit cheaters. So they wanted, and so there wasn't as many of those old timey slot machines that they could hot wire with. Well, um, because there were, going from analog to a little bit more of like computer systems and stuff like that. So they wanted to buy a slot machine and break it down and try to figure it out. So they would go new
1: digital ones.
2: Yes. To (laughs) go find the new digital ones. And so then they had to, uh, so they were like, well, how are we going to raise this money? So they would go to like, they would go find the last, Analog slot machines and go hotwire these things until they raised up enough money and they did it for like a month Didn't get caught raised up the money bought the slot machine and Carmichael took apart this slot machine to find weaknesses in it Okay And what he found out was this new one had like this laser That would like shine a light Off of like a little mirror, right? And when a coin would pass it, it would count the coin. Oh. Uh, so it—that's kind of how it would, uh, like you know, determine how many coins come down. Well, he figured a way. He basically took a battery and made this weird, elongated light, which you could stick inside or underneath, uh, kind of like he did before, and turn the light on and then the thing wouldn't register the laser beam, and it would just automatically dump out a bunch of coins or tokens. (laughs) Like all of the shit it's got because it's not reading anything. Yeah. Wow. Well, so he started doing this, and he was making tons of money, and his buddy was doing it, and they even got like I think one of them got his girlfriend, his girlfriend's mother involved. Like, it was like a whole group of them. And they were making thousands of dollars a night. Damn. And they would they were literally like, hey, we got to go make some money. I'm running out. And they would go up to, like, Reno and go sit up there for a week and just, like, go different casinos and just sit there and, like, uh, you know f- – Just take these places for all they're worth, and just making like you know, like I said, thousands of dollars, and then the lifestyle, as he put, was a great time. You could tell he probably just did. He was drinking, probably doing drugs, strippers, all the whole, you name it. He's just blowing money. He did so much coke. (laughs) Exactly, it is exactly that. Uh, He, uh, I will say this too. I got to give him credit. I think it took him six months to figure that out, though. Like he took six months taking this slot machine apart and then both analyzing it in inside and out the weaknesses of this thing, and that's what he figured out. Well, once casinos kept losing all this money and they keep track of it, well then they started to implement because you'll start noticing this is like a count and mouse game, right? The cheaters will figure out the way? Well then the dealers would try to you know, the casinos will try to figure it out. Well, the casinos started putting in a delay. So as the coins go, and you might notice this today if you go if you ever win a uh slots, it goes dun 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 dun, 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 dun or some kind of like the coins will come out and then'll it stop and then it'll do it again. Uh that was to keep it was the way for the computer to track it without uh because it'd go like one, two, three, and if it actually felt that it was giving out a fourth one, well, then it would shut down. It knew you were cheating. (laughs) So you know what this guy did? What? He put a fucking toggle switch on his light. So he could just go one, two, three, off, one, two, three, off, one, two, three, off, and just keep slipping <laughs> it back and forth. That's all he fucking did. Nice. <laughs> they pro- probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars changing out all this to make a delay. And he's just like, eh, hey, fuck it, put a light switch in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think there might have been another one he started to use. I can't remember. It was like a. It was almost like a. Um, you ever seen one of those uh, things you stick down in the car and you uh, use to like pick the lock? Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, I've noticed all his gags or all his like cheats or scams involve the dispenser. Like he yeah. never win. He never tried to win. He just wanted the money to let loose out of it. Um, and and will you I
1: actually think, have to win for the money to come out? Yeah at some Uh, point so you got to sit there and play you could be playing for you know 30 minutes before you actually hit some kind of winner to let some money fall out
2: yeah um well i think his uh partner in crime ended up getting caught and he um started getting kind of like paranoid and so he started to like step away from it and actually uh started to just make these things and sell them for like 15 grand a pop to people to, you know, scam these uh, slot machines. But for the most part, he, uh, I think he actually started hitting into a little bit of money problems because he actually had to go play to try to get some money. And that's actually where he ended up getting caught. Um, but his, uh, his last development was something called the monkey paw. The monkey pole. Yeah. Apparently, it was a a wire used uh, for guitars with flexible. (laughs) That was much later. Like, there was an evolution of his uh, gadgets. Uh, So, he did the light thing. And that was kind of like probably in the 90s. Um, And then he got to – and every time they would upgrade it and it wouldn't work anymore, well, he would buy another slot machine, break it apart, figure it out that one because what he needed was something with the light, but he needed it to be flexible because they put up like little blockers so you couldn't do it. So you use like guitar or piano wire and you put it up in it and it would have like two of them and you could like pull one and it would flex the thing and you could put it up to shoot and it would trigger the, uh, the machine to release and then you would flip the toggle switch. Like it was like an evolution <laughs> of his tools. Uh, Oh yeah. But dude's like a fucking t- engineer. Dude, he seriously was. Yeah. Like li- like it's insane. Um but he did end up getting caught finally. Uh the FBI were on to him. I think he even like somebody f- I think his buddy might have flipped over on him. It's usually a story. Yeah. Um and then so they started monitoring him because they knew about him and I think other people said like he they got their tools from him. Um and then he finally got caught actually doing that. Uh, after that last time, though, he has—I don't think he's allowed in any casino. Uh, funny enough, bought a slot machine, broke it down, figured out a way to make it better. But this time, he developed a, an anti-theft device and sold it to the people. Well, no, he tried to sell it and no one wanted it because they, he used to be a thief and I'm like, you all are fucking idiots. Yeah. Those are the best
1: people to buy. That's why the FBI hires these motherfuckers to tell them how they're getting fucking scammed.
2: Yeah. Like he's, I think at the time of this documentary, one of them I saw, uh, he was like 62, which I think that might've been like five or 10 years ago. Uh, But uh, yeah, he was trying to sell that and I guess he never, Never could actually sell it. But that guy was, uh, you could tell, was a genius when it came to shit like that. Dude, what is it called
1: when when a bunch of business people all go to a party and they're all talking to one another and they're all trying to get, like, contacts between each other? Networking? Networking! God damn it! Thank you! Fuck! <laughs> Networking—that's what you do in prison. <laughs> you're just basically—it's <laughs> what you're doing in prison. You're just basically talking to everybody, networking on how how to better your scams.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so As, many people. Uh,
1: so many people come out of prison so much smarter, smarter criminals than they were before before they went in.
2: Oh yeah, it's um. Have you seen the movie Blow? It's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, man, it's a good movie. With the Johnny Depp, he talked about yeah. that exact thing. He goes, you know, I went in with the bachelors of uh, marijuana, and I came out with a doctorate in cocaine. Like yeah. it was going in there where he met all the guys to then start selling cocaine. Right. I was like, so if if really if it wasn't for him going to jail, he would have never got into the cocaine game. Right. Because he would have never met that guy. Connections, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's all about networking. Yeah, yeah. So where wherever you're at, wherever you're doing, network, please oh, that's people. That's right. Yes. That's how yeah. you become successful. That's what we are trying to say. Which that guy's out of jail now. Oh yeah, really? The movie yeah, that guy got out of jail in like 2010. Um, I uh we should see if he wants to do the podcast.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> George, uh God, what's his name? George something. Um uh, anyway. Yeah. His daughter doesn't talk to him anymore. Apparently. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That was like the saddest part. I'm like, really? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, cause I feel like everyone had mixed reviews on this. Uh, did you see breaking bad? Oh yeah. All right. Like his mom. All right. So his wife and son, like his son refused to talk to him and his wife was in weird terms, you right. know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if that was your dad, would you not talk to him? Oh, I would definitely talk to him. Yeah, me too. I guess I, I just feel like I was more loyal. Yeah, he'd be my uh, best friend still. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, the, by the way, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen Breaking Bad. Uh, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got couple more uh one that i have a one story that was actually made out of a movie uh so we can hit that one real quick i got another one that's it's it kind of shows you how i tell you what we'll we'll do we'll do the movie real quick because i the next one I, i feel like is it's just so random but it just shows you what i don't i don't know if it's ingenuity or just like these large complex systems can just be taken down by the simplest things, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about the MIT blackjack team. Oh, okay. So, uh, have you seen that movie 21? Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's what this is about. So that was a real live team. Isn't that Kevin Spacey too? That is Kevin <laughs> Spacey. Ooh, callback, callback. Uh, I actually started watching that the other day. Um, so, this team was a real life team. Speaking uh,
1: was, of uh, Kevin Spacey, did you know that all three people that accused him of sexual assault are now dead?
2: I did not know this.
1: Yeah, they've all been suicided. <laughs> suicided? <laughs> yeah, all three of them have committed suicide, supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly
2: suicide. Yeah. I think
1: they got spaced.
2: <laughs> spaced. <laughs> is it that or is it like s- so many die because you got to think like the scrutiny they were under because there is probably a mountain of spacey fans dude I don't know man because you got you have three people come forward say that he
1: sexually assaulted them while they're minors yeah and then all three of them end up committing suicide
2: I mean that is crazy
1: like within a year
2: <laughs> yeah i just i would assume that they would probably receive death threats and all sorts of stuff not i'm not even saying from him but just like crazy ass fans and people out there that really wanted to know how house of cards ended well, um, he's like he's like don't he's
1: he like put out a facebook message or instagram message or video or something that i don't know if you saw that or not no and he's like don't you know basically like we just need to kill them with kindness that's what he said oh yeah (laughs) and then right after that all three of them boom 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 gone wow yeah
2: kindness hurts i mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) it does yeah it could be fatal
2: yeah uh okay so uh 21 all right so 21 so they uh i don't really they they didn't some of these people's faces were blocked out and some of the stories they didn't want to be told so um i'll just kind of give you the key players so there was a guy named professor m or mr m uh he was kind of the guy that ran it now this is in 1992 okay okay and that's Uh, m.i.t right MIT so what they did was they took uh, there was a, a Mathematician that came up with the strategy for blackjack Now if you go online and look up strategy for blackjack, you'll see this table That'll tell you depending on what you have and what the dealer shows tells you what you should do um, right. And he said he can make that professor that mathematician said he can make ten thousand dollars doing this system, uh, which he was right. He went out and tested it. And if you play long enough, following and sticking to this strict graph, you can make money over time. Uh, But it takes time and money to do it. Right. And so this MIT professor decided to take that and kind of go upon it. So he thought it's too small and he wanted to do something called like the... Uh, the formula of large numbers, I think is what it was, Uh something along those lines. So what he wanted to do, he wanted to break it out in three different things. He wanted to break it out in strategy and team effort and, like, correct betting, essentially. So what yeah. he did was he built this team, and he taught them that strategy. Oh, and counting cards, that was it. Strategy, counting cards, team up. And he set all these rules saying, like, you don't carry so much money. You don't do this. And, by the way, he did this all at MIT as a fun club. (laughs) All right. Like, he goes, be part of the blackjack club. And he would get, like, chemical engineers and people very math savvy. They would come in, and they even said, like, you could see flyers around campus saying, be part of the – want to make money on the down low? Uh, Broke? (laughs) Need, like – Whatever, like right. it almost sounds like it's like, hey, you want to make some money? You're going to hoe out for me, uh, which is kind of what happened. But right, so he basically had, uh, as this guy explained it, he went to the first meeting. He said there was 40 students. Wow. And he's explaining what's going to happen. He goes, I'm going to teach you blackjack. I'm going to teach you the strategy. I'm going to teach you how to count cards. And then I'm going to teach you how to work in teams. And... What would happen is they would stay there uh, and then basically they weeded out the best players and there's probably like you know ten of them and then they would day and night make them learn how to count cards and how to do the strategy so first they learn the strategy and they would just constantly berate them over and over Uh, did it for like months on end and then they learned how to count cards And then they would do stress tests and they talked about them having a final test in the club where they said people would be like, they'd have like fake people coming up and ask you for a drink. There'd be people like throwing a ball around screaming at you. They'd actually dump water on you. And then they would like stop it all. And the professor go, what's the count? And you would have to tell them what the count was on the table while all this shit was going on because they wanted to make it more intense than what it would be in a real life situation. Right. Um, so he, uh, so at first, they, even the professor said that uh, no one passed the first time. And it, it took a couple tries of doing this that so they actually started doing it because if one wrong move means you lose money. So what happened next is interesting. So then he introduced them into strategic investments, which is a legal business that had. Uh, tax forms and all that kind of things. And that's what they worked under. So they were working for strategic investments. And what was going to happen is they were going to go to Vegas, they were going to, they got investors and they got about $150,000 to go to Vegas to then play and gamble. And then whatever they brought back as winnings, uh, it would be cut up. And then this the players would get a salary from it and then a bonus on top. So the players are getting a salary. Um, and I think it was something crazy. Like it. Like management got 45%. Investors got like 35% and players got 10%. Like it was kind of very one-sided. Jesus.
1: Uh, and he was the management?
2: <laughs> uh, of course he was. Uh, and so at first they were talking about how like – the first time they went out there, this guy who was a Russian uh, student, he had hundred like thousand dollars all over his coat pockets, and he could not get stopped at the airport. Now, granted, this is in the 90s, but he was nervous about it. And he went there at, to Vegas and started telling people he was a Russian arms dealer. Oh, my and God. And no one questioned it because he had a Russian accent and he had shit tons of money. Yeah. Um, so what they would do is they would have two players play a table um, uh, ideally is what that what they were doing is two players would play a table count the cards and when it was good because there would be like ups and downs right, uh, right when it was getting up they w- would then bring in the high roller would come in play three or four hands bet some big hands win it all and then walk away so uh, the first night, like they did weren't as organized and this guy and girl uh her plane was like late or something like that and they met up well then they went up there and did it like kind of like a couple where he sat down sort of playing it wasn't good so he was like hey where's the bathroom then he gave her like like less tokens like the bare minimum like here you play this and it and just kind of play the cheap part of it and he pretended to go to the bathroom well she kept playing and just doing the bare minimum and he came back as the Russian arms dealer and uh, and when it was good because she like gave him like a little hand signal if she like put her hand on her chin it means the table was good Yeah. Uh. so when he saw that he came back and then just started dropping money and they made like $50,000 that first night oh shit and then so over the course of the next couple years they were doing different techniques and they were making uh, essentially like one month and made like $400,000 made like $500,000 the next month uh, granted they're all getting you know 10% and a salary from it and they casinos there was a uh, was a private investigator started noticing these kids there and he was starting to follow them around because he'd be like working for the casino. And then he started to like trace them and slowly, but surely after like a year of this, uh, he started figuring out who they were. He figured out they worked at MIT. Um, he figured out their faces. Now what they're doing isn't technically illegal. Right. That's the funny thing because they're not doing anything, other than sitting there. They're not using anything extra. They're not, you know, like nothing's happening that is considered illegal. So all the casinos could do would ban them. So like the first one, they got banned in. The next one, you know, like a different one would get banned at. And then like he wasn't allowed there. They said even the professor went one time and they accused him, I think in uh, like Europe or something, of having a computer. Because you could hide a, computer in your shoe and it would count the cards for you and it would like vibrate on your foot or something uh they How said the fuck does that work dude i don't know i saw the computer and it was like you type it in with your toes oh that's crazy like you use your toes to type the keys and then it would give you like probability chances of you winning kind of thing see cassie could do that with her toes well yeah she could like but grab- i grab i couldn't do it <laughs> I couldn't do it with my toes. Never. Yeah. <laughs> I could do it with mine. I can, like, snap my toes on the floor. Dude, make I that can, weird sound. I got fucking Fred
1: Flintstone feet, man. I can't do that shit at all. Yeah.
2: That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, she definitely could. She's got those long toes. She could, like, grab a quarter off the ground. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, so... uh so to say the least, they started to get kicked out and banned from different places. Um, and the one thing that actually broke up the group was the professor had $150,000 in a brown paper bag as he normally would, went to uh, the club meeting, put it on the ground, did the, did the meeting, did everything else, and left it there and forgot about it. Oh, Because it was just such an average thing. Yeah, and and they were talking about these kids. I forgot about this. Um, so part of the things about them going to Vegas, they got perks because they were they were all considered whales, like big money spenders at yeah. this point. Um, that like they would get comps rooms, like they would enter a room and there would already be already be liquor and steak dinners there. Uh, a couple of them would have private jets fly them from there to Vegas. Uh, one of them even had his wedding comp there. Damn, yeah, that's how big these people were rolling um, so they uh so they're making shit tons of money, and they're and then the you know casinos are paying for half the shit, uh, but yeah, so they got leaves hundred fifty thousand dollars on the floor of a classroom. the janitor <laughs> finds it later and is like, What the shit is this, and then just gives it to the police or the campus police or whatever. Because he probably thought somebody stole it. Well, then it started. Honest janitor. I know, right? I would have been in my
1: bank account.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I would have been like, "Yeah, I found seventy five thousand dollars in this bag." Uh, (laughs) uh, But so I would have been like, "I won the lottery." (laughs) Yeah. No shit. (laughs) But how do you? But taxes. That was always my thing. taxes maxes dude i go to the u.s bank
1: and put it on the counter like i got a deposit i need to make
2: shit <laughs> what you been doing? doing keeping that in the uh a manager uh um, yeah. i just digged it up out of my grandpa's backyard <laughs> yeah yeah it was in a wooden box he just shot hitler and bigfoot uh, <laughs> that's what was in the box (laughs) yeah it was in the box the whole time all that money uh (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but yeah so the funny about this whole thing this whole story just ended up which movies are never the same uh they just got banded from all these things and then professor m didn't want to do it anymore wanted out the investors were trying to get some of the players to move up they didn't want to do it and the players were actually getting upset because they were taking all the risks yeah. and the investors were making all the money. Uh, so then they go, we're not doing this anymore. So one of them, the Russian guy I mentioned, so he left early. They disbanded and uh, filed for whatever, closure on the the legal investment group. And he then went and started his own. <laughs> And it was called like amphibian investment or some shit like that, uh, and then he started doing that. And took the techniques he learned from them and improved on it, and basically started teaching a bunch of other young kids how to do the same damn thing. And funny thing is, there is still an MIT blackjack team. Oh shit! And they're uh, from what I read, they were ramping back up to try it again. Fuck. Well, so hey, they might. I might see them while I'm out there. It, yeah, it's not illegal. That's all I'm screaming. That was one of the things. Is it legal or is it not? <laughs> is card counting illegal or not? I mean, I don't think so. If you can if you're smart enough to do I'm not smart enough to do it. So, it's it's weird. It's not that hard but to do it that quick and that fast is the hard part. Uh basically, so from what I've read, cuz I've actually looked this up before. So, it's simple plus or minus. Um what is it? Simple plus or minus um like one, zero, negative one kind of thing. Anything from uh one or no, two to like six is considered um a plus one. Uh if anything from like seven, eight, nine is considered zero and then like 10 in all face cards are considered negative one and then what you do is I might I can't remember if the if the negatives and positives might be different but that's ba- the basics of it and all you do is look at all the cards on the table and you add them up you go plus one minus one zero 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 and then but you got to keep it going as the count goes so you can't miss one thing and you gotta it happens quick and then over time you'll notice it'll be like plus 15 or negative this so if it's plus 15 you know that a lot more high cards are coming out on the table a lot more kings jacks queen kings aces so it's a better time to start putting down those big bets gotcha so it's it's actually simple on that part. The strategy part of it, of like, if they have this and you have that and you should hit or stay is way harder, I think, to learn. I don't think the
1: strategy of playing blackjack is all that hard. I know when I was in North Dakota, uh, my buddy and I would go. They had blackjack tables at every bar in North Dakota. Yeah, And we would show up at the bar at like 5 o'clock, order dinner, and sit down at the blackjack table, and sit there and play blackjack for like three hours, yeah. and and win all the money that we would use for our beer that night. Nice, and like and and cover our meal that we just ate, and like yeah. usually and usually leave the bar ahead. Nice, because nice. those those tables, those blackjack tables, man, and those bars
2: were just giving money away. Yeah. If you wanted to play. Hell, yeah. So the last big one that was someone that actually scammed it was two construction workers. Hell, yeah. Just two old working fellers like me and you, man. I'll (laughs) tell you what. Um, One guy was named Eric uh, Morikawa. And Jeremy Lewis and the and basically they were contractors that worked in Vegas and it was during like the late 90s early thousands before the like uh, the bubble popped and they were there working construction one was a contract the other worked for them, and they were making all this money and then all of a sudden dried up as soon as the real estate boom popped right oh yeah so they were trying to figure out ways uh, to make money and Eric Morikawa was the one that kind of... He was kind of like the uh, the ringleader. And he was driving by and he saw a big giant chip on the side of a billboard. And he goes, man, I wonder if we can make one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we were talking about earlier, it only takes one person to go, I wonder if we could. And someone goes, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Uh, so then all these construction guys went into his like garage and then started to make chips oh shit. so and they were making that and they would like cut them in half see what the their the composites made out of and then like you know they were taking different material parts of furniture parts of clay uh, and trying to re reproduce these chips and you know they would get the weight right they would get the color right but then like if they dropped it it wouldn't make the same sound and that was where they're having the trouble with it wasn't making the same sound as a number chip so they weren't like, so then as they're doing this and like, you know, a month went by, uh, all the guys that was helping, well, they all dropped off except for Eric Morikawa and Jeremy Lewis. Well, then one day they thought they were looking at the patterns of the paint and they go, well, you know, we have a hundred dollar one and a $1 one. Why don't we just paint the $1 one? So they took the $1 chip and they tried to use a heat gun on it they said they melted it they put it in boiling water took the sticker off of it and then basically painted this $1 chip to look like a $100 one it took a $100 one and essentially just scanned it on a computer printed it out on a like a nice like plastic seal and then put it back on the $1 one and kind of like heated it onto it and then they also noticed there was black lights that you could wave over top of it It have a little secret symbol on it but they always noticed that was random so then they would just take black or like glow-in-the-dark uh black light paint and then get that symbol on there as well well (laughs) so next thing you know they're going in there and dropping uh you know, they tried it out the first time. It was like 300 bucks. They just walked in, cashed out and left. Then the next time they did a different casino and then they go, we can't just keep cashing it out. We've got to start playing. Well, then they would go in and play a little bit and then they would cash out with these fake chips. Um, and they were actually doing really good for a while until as every movie is, uh, Jeremy Lewis was the wild card guy. Yeah. Uh oh, yeah. he, he, he had a, like a like he had like felony convictions and warrants out in like Las Vegas, and he couldn't go back to California. And he was like with him, That's why he was doing contract work and all this crazy shit. Well, you know, Eric Morikawa, the mastermind, was like paying for his like you know his he's giving shit to his wife. His wife was like, I don't want to know what you're doing to make this money, but he's like paying his house bills, all that. He his wife doesn't even know what he's doing. Jeremy Lewis has been doing it, and he's going out, and as he said, he's having a lot of fun. It was funny when they were talking about this. uh, Eric goes, he looks wired when I saw him last. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah. Like, like, yeah, he's been drinking. He hadn't slept for days. He's been doing cocaine and strippers and all that stuff. He said he walked in. He hears this guy talk to uh, this girl he's been seeing, and he just has like a blank look on his face. He goes over and talks. He goes, give me the phone. And this girl's basically going, I know what you all do. And I'm going to like, I'm going to tell everybody what you're doing unless you all give us money. So basically this like stripper or whoever it was that this guy was involved with is now blackmailing them (laughs) because his dumb ass told her about what he was doing to make this money as dumbasses do they always like, yeah, but trying to floss on them. Right. Uh, and then so she starts <laughs> blackmailing him, Yeah. And then she keeps threatening that I'm going to go to the cops and tell them, unless you give me money. Well, so that woman, like, leaves the country to go visit her mother or something like that. So then they start planning on going back out and doing, like, one last big run kind of thing. Well, I guess she had already called the cops because Eric Murkauer said, I went to my door. This guy goes, hey, my son threw a ball in your backyard can you get it and he goes yeah and he goes come on in and then he said i turned around next thing you know i'm on the ground and there's three agents in my house with guns drawn oh shit yeah and he let him in the house so then they uh which is kind of shady yeah uh, they go in it was um His garage, which he had his whole workshop in there, paint and like heat guns and glitter and all this crazy shit. And they were like, Yeah, they were just recreating it using art supplies. It wasn't nothing special. (laughs) And that's the simplicity of it. It's like, Wait, these two fucking guys went down to Hobby Lobby, slapped some shit on this, and got away with it. And they were making thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, Like, in fucking sanity, and you know how we were talking about like, you go into jail with a bachelor's of marijuana you leave with a PhD in cocaine well fuck me if that's not what Eric Morikawa did <laughs> <laughs> because he went in there and met uh, oh I, I forgot to mention this when they went to jail the the judge put a five million dollar bond for them Because Nevada takes cheating very seriously. Yeah. And so he went in there, and it was like he was King Dick because he had the highest bail out of everyone in jail. So everyone was like, what did you do? And everyone – like he was Mr. Popular. Yeah. So the guy that had the second highest bail was a Russian gangster guy, and they became friends because of it. And the Russian guy (laughs) goes, hey – you should hit me up once you get out of jail. Uh, which he uh, did, I guess Eric, went back, uh, got a lawyer. They lowered it down to like twelve grand, which is a huge fucking jump. Right. He got out of jail. He spent a grand total of 10 days in jail, and that, well, that would have been it. Like, that would have been the most time he would have spent. Well, he didn't have a job. He wasn't making any money. He had all these bills to pay, and he goes... I didn't have any other choice but to go back and try to do this. So I I got with the Russian guy, and the Russian guy was like, I want you to teach me and my friends how to do this. So he goes, okay. And he goes, but I want 15% of what you all take, and I don't want my hands anywhere near it. Right. So he started to teach these Russian guys how to counterfeit these chips. Um. Well, it was actually a couple casinos that started figuring out once the chips were, like, sitting in the slots, they didn't look the same. Or uh, they just somehow just realized these weren't the right chips. They didn't look like the rest of them. Right. Like the markings were a little bit off or something like that because they were good, but they weren't perfect. Well, the uh, FBI or the... Uh, Nevada Gaming Service, again, came back out and was like having to research and try to find out where these chips came from and they connected the guys with it and then once they found the Russians, uh, he was over there having a workshop with them (laughs) about how to continue to do this better and then they busted in. He goes, fuck, I can't win and just (laughs) got on the ground, put his hands in the air. Uh, So...
1: (laughs) He's over there hosting a fucking Martha Stewart
2: night. (laughs) Yeah, just put a little glitter, just put a little glitter, you know, just spark a little bit, gals. It's fun. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, uh, yeah, he is the reason why now they have little computer chips in all the chips. Oh, fuck. That they can trace anywhere in the casino. Nice. Like GPS them, huh? (laughs) <laughs> basically so now they know exactly how much money is at each table and they know how much money is exactly in the vault or how much is in the cashier whatever the cage yeah. uh, so they know how much money is moving around and if anything even if it's they switch the denominations and you're betting one you know even if you switched a 100 for one and it uh you know it that it should tell the computer that's a one and that's a false one and it's not right. a hundred. But right. they'd have to check it. But yeah. So those guys single handedly changed the chips. They um dude
1: don't they with the with the slot machines too, like I remember the last time I went to the casino, it didn't even spit coins out when I won. It was all digital.
2: Oh yeah. Well that guy was part of the, the Carmichael, Tommy Glenn Carmichael. Yeah. He was uh, part of the reason they switched to that, and actually he beat that as well, was part of the last thing. I, I, I now that you said that, I remember seeing that part of the story where he was um, like putting in money and then basically triggering it somehow to put more money on it, and then taking the ticket. <laughs> and there and there's other ones that have figured out even better ways of doing that, and I think one of the last ones he did like he stopped doing it but uh obviously because he got in trouble but i think his uh his partner's wife and mother-in-law was one of the last ones that did it that way and one would be a blocker to the camera and the other one would do it and make money jesus man i know all these
1: things to know now that
2: i'm going to vegas (laughs) I know. It's uh that's actually what kinda inspired me too. It's just like <laughs> it's like something to think about. Don't worry, me and you will we'll start counting cards and we'll, we'll get you good at it. Uh yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> the uh I will say um it also makes me think like is it worth it? Because like you're putting in so much work to cheat the system that you could have just invested in making your own system. You I know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. That's the part of all this that I'm like, like that guy spent years breaking down slot machines to figure out how to cheat them. Yeah. Like he could have done anything with that.
1: <laughs> he could have built his own, because he, he could have built his own slot machine and sold it. Yeah. Well, he, you said he did try and do some kind of system and sell it, and they wouldn't buy it.
2: Yeah, pretty much an impreg- impregnable one. Um yeah. impregnable? I can't even think of it. Impregnable? I don't know. Yeah, can't get that pregnant. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> hey, uh, what I I heard this the other day and I just thought it was funny. Um do you know what the difference is between a light bulb and a pregnant woman? Uh, <laughs> what's that? You can't unscrew a pregnant woman. <laughs> Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I heard a bank robbery joke the other day, actually. Yeah. Is this guy, he's robbing this bank and his mask falls off. And uh, there's this other dude like standing right in front of him. And he like looks the guy right in the eye. And the guy is looking at him right in the face. And he's like, fuck. And he just shoots him right in the head. Yeah. And he puts his mask back on real quick and he turns around there's a couple standing there and he's like did you guys see my face and the husband looks at him he's like I swear to God I didn't see your face but she looked right at you oh <laughs> 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 uh, all right, man. We gotta get out of here. Yeah, man. Uh, come follow us on social media. That's right. Hit up the Instagram and Facebook at Soberless Thoughts, or email us at soberlessthoughts uh, at gmail dot com. Don't forget about Twitter. I think Soberless. So just search Soberless Thoughts. All right. Yeah. Don't forget to tweet us. Tweet. 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 Yeah. Tweet. <laughs> tweet us, and yeah. uh, uh, and we will see you next week, buddy. That's right. We'll see you then.
0: Bye oh my God.
2: Bye bye. Hey uh stay cheesy and keep it greasy. Stay cheesy. When you're in the skillet, don't forget to stay cheesy and keep it greasy. Greasy. God, I can't talk. <laughs> Why you're in the skillet. I was thinking about that the other day when I was at work. I'm like, when you're in the skillet, just stay cheesy and keep it greasy. <laughs>